Welcome to the Punters Preamble. I'm Simon Zanopoulos. I'll be joined by Adam Blanco as we look ahead at a big weekend of racing in both Sydney and Melbourne. Group 1 racing, both on Weather Watch with rain around in both states. How did you see the meeting at Caulfield on Saturday? It is a fantastic meeting at Caulfield on Saturday. I'm tempted to bomb this because that you'll, uh, you would know if he'll edit this up, but that was his seventh attempt <laughs> at, at kicking this podcast off. So I'm, Battling. Te- I'm tempted to bomb it. Start again, but we'll keep going. A terrific meeting at Caulfield, I think. Sydney is where the top end talent is, but Melbourne is deep betting cards. So there'll be stronger top end cards in Melbourne and Sydney over the spring than there is at Caulfield on Saturday. But yeah, deep deep betting. You love these days. Mm, no, they're terrific. They're terrific. You get plenty of reward if you can find winners there on Saturday. But the highest rated horse in Australia and the world, and with no flight line, no Bayed, he will always be. The highest rated horse going around anywhere in the world is Nature Strip, the third highest rated horse in the world, full stop. And he goes around in the shorts, and dare I say it, and I haven't heard this mentioned much, but is it a mini Everest? I'll tell you what, it looks like one. <laughs> what do you, uh, you're Mr. Sydney, guide well, me. Well, he's candidate for the Dunno with Nature Strip because for such a good sprinter, I feel his whole career people have tried to fit him into certain categories. Mm-hmm. He was a fresh monster, then he wasn't. Now he's only third up. Couldn't go wet. Then he was a wetty. <laughs> he couldn't go down the straight when he got beaten the lightning. Then he produced the best performance of his career down the straight. And again in England. Yeah, he's uh, he's defied labels for a long time, hasn't he? Mm. And so third up now seems to be the pattern with him. But he's going to go into the Everest second up. What's well, as <laughs> We've just been over this. He's not one to stuff into a box. The only box, the only label we can put on him is, well... You know what label you can confidently put on him is that he is the highest rated horse racing anywhere this weekend. And he's the highest rated horse, therefore, in the shorts. And it's him that they all have to beat. Mm. So it all depends which Nature Strip turns up in terms of, is it Nature Strip Max or Nature Strip sort of medium? Because Max, they <laughs> Does can't Does he have a him. medium? His medium, yeah. Like his medium is one, two, three. So I feel like he's a, I feel like he's either world class or just a complete bomber. He beats him home or he beats the world. <laughs> he gets beat, but he still runs not a bad number. Not that day. So I'm looking <laughs> looking at Nature Strip sort of at his different distance ranges. So these are his last four ratings at each distance. So twelve hundred, one thirty, one twenty seven, one thirty, one thirty. That mm. goes back to April twenty twenty one. Eleven hundred, he actually hasn't raced over this distance very much. So 124, 123, 109, 123. And that takes you back to Feb 2019. I reckon he's got a he's got a <laughs> So he's a brilliant 1000 meter horse, a brilliant 1200 meter horse but just doesn't go 11. This is his medium. <laughs> and then over 1000, 108 when he got beat by Shelby, 125, 127, 124. So in all of that, it really means nothing. He's a genuine freak. Yeah, to be honest, he's just been a he got a reputation completely unfairly, and as I said, they, the pundits and the punters tried to label him for a long time. But he's what he is is just a damn fine sprinter, and one of the better ones, certainly the best we've had post black caviar, and one of the best we've ever had. I think would be fair to say. But he's not lacking for opposition here. There's some talent here, and the surely the bigger Dunno than him is the one lurking just behind him in classic legend. I mean, mm. we can say Eduardo's a ripper. We all love him, but we know plenty about Eduardo. We know what he'll do. He'll front up, he'll take driver off the tee, he'll run really well. Classique legend we've seen twice in two years. Yeah. And one of those was, well, two of those have been fails. Mm. And then the one before that was 
nature strip like? He was at that level. He was world class that one day. I would say that performance. I reckon he beats Nature Strip. The best of Nature Strip? I reckon he does. It's one hell of a race. That was unreal. And the win in the shorts prior. Yeah, he gave he hinted. He hinted. But mm. it was the Everest when it just went he, whack. Put away the hints. Mm. Stop flirting with it and absolutely belted them. He belted them. That was world class. So it's the it's in there somewhere, but we just I mean surely. Well the interesting Surely he's nowhere near it. The interesting thing with Classique is that he actually started five fifty in the Everest. And we were happy to be against first run. That was back. last year. Last yeah. year. First up from Hong Kong. The record of horses first up from Hong Kong is deplorable. I'm not sure if you remember us going through it, but horrendous. And he started five fifty, which was bizarre. But now he's fourteen dollars. Mm. Well, you you pervert trials. Has there been anything to pervert? Fine. Okay. I wouldn't say so it was, he's healthy. He's healthy, yeah. And he hasn't got a slot yet. Oh, doesn't he? No. I thought he had a permanent well, they haven't marked it down as they've taken him yet. Ah, okay. okay. Well, it hasn't been so locked in. So he's still got to prove his well-being, I suppose. Mm. Prove that he's some sort of chance of... Um, I mean, it's way too optimistic to forecast him anywhere near that sort of level, but you could forecast him toppling 120. And if he does that, as you say, Nature Strip will um, beat up on him if he's at his best, but it's easy to forecast him being a tick down, isn't it? And yeah. Eduardo's just there, rock solid with him. Mask Crusader, do we? What, what is Mask Crusader? Lol, that's what yeah. he is. He's no hope. No hope? No hope. He's going back to last. A lot of horses have to fumble in front of him for him to win. Yeah. And Lost and Running, where are we? Lost and Running, Mazu, they're really good, mm. solid sprinters. But when you get that much at the front of the betting, do you, at the front of the ratings anyway, maybe not the betting, the, at the front of the ratings they need. Like I can't, I can't envisage. You know, Mazu we could say is still untapped, but I can't envisage that Lost and Running is about to produce something vastly different to what he has in the past, which leaves him needing pretty much certainly Nature Strip and Classic Legend to be off their best. Which is, you know, that can happen. But Eduardo as well. All of a sudden, it's like well, there's the opportunities for him to actually win here are um, slim, slim, yeah. So looking at Eduardo at 1,100. So he's beaten Nature Strip four times. Classique has beaten Nature Strip twice. So Eduardo, 1,100, 125, 125, 119, 113. Back to July 2020. Went awesome first up. He's a logical danger. You mentioned Marzu. Do you think he will go to that next level? Because it's a big jump from where he is to where he needs to be. Um, I don't think I could give you anything... I don't have a sort of like objective or scientific. No vibe? No, but I have a vibe and that is that he won't. Yeah, I agree. But I can't back that up with. I mean, the profile is there for him to absolutely be um, competitive with the best sprinters in Australia. He's already won a group one sprint and, you know, it's reasonably legitimate group one sprint. He's obviously very, very good. And, and yeah, so all the bits and pieces are there. Top line horses have come from less. Mm. But my completely unbacked up vibe... Just what I reckon is no. Don't buy into it. I don't think he deserves to be half the price of Classique. Yeah, it's a bit, well, not on not honest not on established top talent. No. I mean he's not in his ballpark, not even close. But at the same time, I suppose he's off a we've seen a lot more of him a lot more recently. So there's a lot less uncertainty around around Marzu. I suppose that might, maybe that's actually what's holds me back from really liking him is that I think he's had a lot of good opportunities recently. I feel like we're starting to get a pretty good handle on him. And even though he's three turn four and, and in theory about to improve, I feel like he's been 
well campaigned, well trained, well ridden. And he's, you know, he's responded to that with good results. But um, I don't see that he has I don't if he does have bundles in hand and he's about to explode, I, I don't see it. No, I don't think there's a lot of depth to his form either, which is you don't want to slow a horse down by the rivals he's beaten, but at the same time you wouldn't mind to see him beat a, a bit better horses. The interesting thing for him is we get to see him on a drier track because he, does he fall into the category of a horse that just relish the big wet? Yeah, I mean, mate, yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Like is he forbidden love? Is he Bellucci babe? Yeah, I mean, these are interesting questions to be answered and I think they'll be answered pretty abruptly mm. on Saturday afternoon in what I must say is a very sticky betting race. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned it last week with the Maccabi Diva. I don't think it's a race you can really have a strong opinion. No, I think that's probably fair. They've all got chinks. And would you say the same is true of the other group one on the card where we've got something like a match race with a a really interesting race behind a match race? Mm. I think that, you know, I'm not going to try and be too clever and say that the two at the front of the market aren't the aren't the two. Oh. Of course they are. But there is, I mean, surely there's interest away from them as well. But at, at the same time, I um, I concede that we uh, we've seen both Zaki and Animo come back, win, win well, and they should be front of house. Yeah, with Zaki, so he's beaten three of his ten rivals in the tramway. I don't think you could back any of those to turn the tables here. So that makes it hard for them. As for Animo, he beat Fangirl and hinged. He absolutely tonked them though, didn't he? He tonked them. The difference on Saturday would be that he got all the favours in the winks from that inside draw. Won't work out as easily for him on the weekend, I don't think. J-Mac's got to make a decision at some point because Converge is drawn to his outside. So you'd like to think Animo settles in front of him, but I don't think Tim Clark, it's going to be game on with Converge, isn't it? He beat him in the round with Guineas settling in front of him. He's going to want to do it again. Yeah, and I, they probably have, they've probably... In a different scenario to, to Animo, for starters, they have a slower horse. But for second, they have um, something to prove, not to everyone, but to themselves, I think. Where are we going with Converge? Is Converge a George Main horse that can go to a Cox Plate? I think he should. I think he's a Caulfield Cup horse, as you know, but they obviously don't. But is he? Is that what he is, or is he genuinely on the road to the Coongee? And what is the record of Ramwick Guineas winners in the Coongee? It'd have to be good. Stay tuned to the... Uh, RNS podcast, those questions will be answered. <laughs> so a bit of uh, history says. So 43 runners have come through the tramway into the George Main mm-hmm. for three winners. Mm-hmm. Market expected four. Can you name me? So nine winners of the tramway have gone on to the George Main. Only one has won. Can you name me? Nine tramway winners. Um. I feel sorry for one because Happy Clapper ran into one. Oh, he did. Yeah, he bumped into a useful one of Waller's good mares. Um, tramway winners that then went and won the George Main. Did Colding do that? Not Colding. I'll give you a hint. His trainer used to say so a lot. Sincero? Bang on. Oh, there we go. He's a good horse, Sincero. What yeah. price him here? And for the Winks, 14 have come through the Winks into the George Main for four winners, all mares. So Winks did it twice, very elegant and streamer. So history says just load the cannons and back fangirl. Easy. 
It's so just, you're a fangirl fan. Yep. I'll get your point of view here. She's priced up inside Juice. Yep. Inside Montefilia, who I would say objectively and undoubtedly have better form than her, but maybe less Ramwick Miley sort of form. But is that reasonable? I mean, we are flirting around the edges here because so much of the action is up the front, but I think she's more just tied to the hip at Animo. So if Animo's two ten and she was such a good run behind him, I think she's got to chase him fairly hard and tight in that sense. So she's borderline single figures in this. Drawn three, you'd imagine they're gonna actually try this time and not flop her out the back. Yeah. I thought Juace was okay first up, and I think you did as well. Yeah, she was fine. I think the general consensus was, I think the entire racing community all gathered around and decided that was fine. Yeah. But the spring comes at you quick, and she'd want to run well here if she's going to be, I mean, I think she has a fantastic, I mean, she does have a fantastic Caulfield Cup profile, particularly modern Caulfield Cup profile. All the bits are there, but if she is a Caulfield Cup chance, she can't be um, an okay 10th is no, well, I mean, how many are in this? And there won't be an okay 10th. That'll be beating none of them home. 10th won't cut it this time, no. let me tell you. The Memsey came quick as well because she had the setback, etc. A mile with a run under the belt is a, is a good enough scenario for her to... Um, she got to run well, I reckon. So I reckon she's probably the biggest spring answer-me-a-question job now. I'm not sure if it's Saturday. I'm not saying for winning. No, no, I, I don't think Saturday really matters. I reckon if she doesn't run top four... I think it's how it. how she does it is more important than what she achieves. You can't be flopping out and running on and doing nothing for... You've got to get involved. You've got you to get the blood pressure up. I know, but you know his last name. This doesn't matter. It's all about the Caulfield Cup, Melbourne Cup. So this is just a tune-up for her. I think if she flops out and she hits the line, they'll be wrapped. She'll just try and emulate what Girl did in the winks. And if she gets close, they're laughing. Yeah, run second. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if yes, she, run, if she runs you, second, if she's huge. That, as I said, the spring comes quick. The idea, you know, it's, ah, oh, the Caulfield Cup's way down the path. It doesn't matter. You know, she just has to hum around behind them for a while. Got to start getting involved real soon. Real soon, I reckon, in two days' time. Well, she should be priced inside Profondo and Hinged. Yeah. Yeah. That's wrong. Profondo's no hope. Neither is Hinged. I mean, Montefilia is beaten very elegant in a slowly, slowly farcical run race that tells me that Montefilia should have been in an arc trial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, I suppose her and Juice are both, like, wouldn't fangirl Juice and Montefilia all be similar chances? Instead, they've gone with Juice, Hinge and Profondo as the similar chances behind fangirl. Just, yeah, I think, I think that market's completely wrong. Yeah, I think that's, um, well, I'm just looking for the market to be knocked into shape based on talent as opposed mm. to the other bits and pieces, and I'm seeing it a little bit askew away from the top. Yeah, this is real racing. As much as I really like, I think Animo's cool, and I think Zaki is not. Mm. Never, I can't warm to Zaki because I still hold a deep European grudge. You but, do. <laughs> but even even through those biased lens, I, that is there really a gap between them in this? No. No, you, there isn't, is there? I'd mark, I've actually marked Zaki favourite. Oh, there you go. And I'm not even going to... Abuse you for it. So that's where that's at. Yeah, I just think the he did so well, Animo, first up in the winks. And now it's like, not pump the brakes a bit, but he's drawn eight. I don't think they're really going to bust him second up. And Zaki's just going to lob for Tommy. You got Hinge, Profondo riding shotgun. The official maps have Animo getting Profondo's back. I'm not sure about that. I think Converge will want to be forward. 
fangirls in and around there. Ice bath is hopefully running on Friday. Shouldn't be running here. Well, in the sense that she'd be very hard to beat at Newcastle. But I think Zaki's just going to get all the favours. Animo's going to get back. And as good as he is, I still don't feel like he's a... Like, I don't want to back him at 210. And, yeah. No, you know, like he's not like a rock. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's got a lot going for him, but I, I loosely see what you're saying. Like he's not a winning machine. No, should have a cox blade to his name. Mm. So yeah, two ten just too short for me. So questions to be answered in Sydney for Classique and Duace. Yep. Um, and not on a completely different line as a horse that's the spring is coming quick. Got to step himself up, and and if he's going to be part of the spring, he needs to to do it now. And we haven't seen a lot of him in the last two years. So he fits the mould of Classique and Duace somewhat is our Dunno, which is Gold Trip. Yeah, and that, I don't even think they even know where he's running. It just adds to the Dunno. I don't know where he's going and I don't know what sort of chance he holds when he gets there. Um, I've only had a cursory, really, unsurprisingly. I mean, he, he absolutely has the numbers and the talent to win in Melbourne. Even and, more so in Sydney. Yeah, and I, I mean, Sydney's then again dual nom for Newcastle, isn't it? I assume there'd be quite a bit. Is there a bit of double up there or not that much? Oh, Sydney is, uh, yeah, we'll know more tomorrow morning at 7.30 when hopefully there's a few dual acceptors, as always, with this meeting. Yeah. Seems strange to run the Kingston Town the same week, but we talk about this every time. Yeah. But he is an interesting horse gold trip because he's won one from 11. Bad. Yep. That one was a good derby trial in France. Good. He's got little bits of terrific form, including, I reckon, four ratings between 119 and 21. So he's done it four times. So, I mean, we're fairly confident that he is that good. And one of them was in an arc. You don't fluke that. He's a really, really good horse. And I think he, the old rust remover, first up in the winter challenge, was terrific, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Strong. It wasn't, um, you know what I liked about it? It wasn't, you get those sectionals horses running on from the back with a bit of like ziz, like they're quicken off a slow pace. And it's like, oh, you know, the, the big finishing set. That wasn't so much zizzy. It was strong. He's still there. The horse from France exists. Somewhere deep buried and seven weeks on, are we going to see him on Saturday? Because if we do, good as I think the naturalism is, and it's a wonderful Coonji trial. Mm. A lot of horses here building strongly towards the Coonji, which will be the race of the spring, no doubt. But this is a beautiful preliminary. But if he's right, he'll blow them away. So where do you sit? Well, I don't know. That's why he's in this category. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the mar- Well, I, again, I, I saw an early market there. He's up at the pointy end of it with uh, Uncle Bryn for your mate's Trent Pursuit. Oh. So Is he off a flop? Semi. No, he's ready no, now. He's no, probably he's ready now, right? No, no, he's got a, a lovely profile to peak, Uncle Bryn, mm. which probably means he won't. <laughs> um, he's Coonji Day. You'd, what you want to see is two zeros from Uncle Bryn now and then straight to the Coonji. Oof. Then you get on. But it's a good race. Emissary, Workforce's little brother. More yeah. arc, more arc references in the in the naturalism. You're talking about how well bred he is earlier. Yeah, there wouldn't be a better bred horse in Australia, the world. Kingman out at Kingman brother to workforce. Poof, gee whiz, and won really well. First up, Big mm. Shiraz, another French group horse who's back on track. Back on track. Alias, I think, is scratched to run in Sydney. I assume. Yeah. And is Alias running? Is he nommed? He's probably nommed in nine places <laughs> in the Kingston Town. He was good. First up, we I highlighted him. We he was a Pendrith winner. He was a Pendrith winner and. He'll come good on that somewhere. Yeah, he'll be winning us money. Why not the Kingston Town? So let's hope Gold Trip goes to... I think Gold Trip probably will run in the naturalism. But it is he is the Dunno because he's absolutely good enough to win. But like Classique Legend, there's questions to answer. Beautiful little, as I said, beautiful rust remover. Seven weeks to, to set him straight. 
outstanding stable, but um, Caulfield Cup is in a month. So I can't believe the Epsom's in two weeks. Yeah, you got to. It goes from ah, oh, we got ages to no, no, no. It's, it's almost done. You want to be getting close to your top now. You can't be, you can't be dilly dallying around now. We got to. He's got to screw down. And if you know Gold Trips, if he is going to be, and if Classic Legend's going to be, and and if Juice is going to be the you know big stars of the spring turning point, seems way more speculative with Gold Trip than the others, but maybe not so much. Um, an astute judge threw him up in the magazine the other day as a Melbourne Cup fancy at fifties. Fair dinkum. Sounds like a really good judge. Well written. <laughs> but yeah, time to deliver. And it is. So, you know, it's a bit of a moving day. It is. I was about to say that. It's a moving day. The Kings I, was, I was about to call the naturalism a mini arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Kingston Town is interesting you mentioned that because this is two weeks from the Metrop, which I'm assuming the head of the market are all going that way. So Benno, Surefire, they had excuses last start, went back. The day at Randwick when it was racing like a dirt track. So if you got back and wide, it was hard to get into the race. Yep. But... This is third up now. Yep. So they want to – this is it. They've got to screw down so they're ready for the Metrop, which is a key Bendigo Cup trial. <laughs> You've got to be right. <laughs> <laughs> the Bizarro? The Bizarro is uh, in your court. You looked. I looked across at you this morning and you looked puzzled, shaken mm. even, at the odds-on quote about, hey, Arnold. Hey, Arnold. There's a bit of hype around this horse. I think the market last week has almost decided that he's odds on here because he was marked inside Waterford, which was wrong. But now Waterford comes out and wins. It's like he's won as well. Mm. No, I know. That's a thing, I think. There is – things get anchored for sure, for absolute sure and certain. And I don't know how you could mark him odds on in race four. To me, that looks bizarre. We touched on it last week in the preview show. This horse went to Kembler for his maiden, then went to the midweeks – we touched on Waterford going on a much loftier trajectory and won accordingly on Saturday. He's gone from the midweeks. You're gonna, you would have got a better price at Randwick that day than what you're looking to take now. I don't think he starts odds on. The only thing I can sort of suggest in his favour is the main dangers of all drawn poorly. So Roots was so good, his stablemate winning first up, but she's drawn 15, so that almost puts a line through her because if she goes back, well, good luck. She's in the um, black book of all the sectionalistas. Mm. Then you've got Fine Point first up. I think she's a nice mare. This looks a good race for her, but she's drawn 14, so that sort of tempers expectations a little Fine bit. Fine Point's in the black book of all the Whispers Warriors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw one at you. Anthony Cummings has Stray, and most people doing the form might not have actually watched its trial because, you know, she's $26. But go back and watch that trial, and I reckon you'll be having something each way on her. So... She won her maiden in good fashion and then she went group three, group two, group one, group three, group one. Unlike that stable to pitch up if they fancy one. So now <laughs> now in a 78, she looks really well placed down in the weights. Tommy Berry on the draw is awkward. That's the only thing I think in Arnold's favour. The main danger is all drawn poorly and he's drawn to get a lovely run. So I, I can see that, but I actually don't think he's got much on these to be odds on. He's in this, I mean, he is in the speed figure fans black book, but you're probably right. I mean... Very easy to leave alone at odds on, which mm. he surely won't jump odds on. When you can take a better price to start before in far weaker company and then you're asked to take a shorter price against much faster horses, it's generally a terrible position to be in. You'd want to have something strong to hang on to. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think it was that strong. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, it was nice, but I get your point. I get your point. I think you make a good one and you make a very good one about Anthony Cummings at big odds. Oh, I mean, you've got to have something on each way. I mean, what a place to find the man. Yeah, I loved it. 
You love Anthony Cummings for the same reason you hate Trent Pursuit. I don't. <laughs> I feel Anthony Cummings is more predictable though because you know. Predictable chaos. Exactly. Yeah. I've got no idea with the chaos down your way. But always a good sign. Ethan does the maps in the morning and he looked over and said, have you seen Stray's trial? If you haven't seen it, go watch the trial. If you do, you'll take $26. Or just skip watching the trial and just take $26. Either or. If you want a bit of confidence, watch the trial. Is that your best in Sydney? Not my best in Sydney. I'm hoping the boss doesn't tune in this week because I've made the best in the Furious. betting against his... Betting against the Philly. His star. I'll tell Gaz, it's, you know, I didn't want to put the mock on you. And not the Furious. Obviously the T-Rose. North Star Lass, the product of a... Uh Exciting ratings model that is going to take the bloodstock world by storm. And already has. Already has. Yeah. I mean, one Philly, one group winner. I mean, how easy is this game? How easy is it? These breeders, they're mugs. <laughs> Thought this was pretty straightforward and the market suggests so. The market's been trimmed up already. It was close to $3 when the markets first came out, needed 240 I'm hoping, I'd imagine it'll get back out. But So she beat pretty much the market in the Silver Shadow. So she beat North Star Lass, Willinga Beast, who then came out and ran the Quinella. She beat him a length and change and almost three lengths Willinga Beast. They then ran the Quinella in the Furious. And in secret, who was unlucky behind Zugotcha, has come out and won the run to the Rose and now favourite for the Golden Rose. So the form's there for everyone to see. J-Mac now goes on board, drawn to land the 1-1. There's no new blood. I think she's a good thing. For me, she's pro- I've got her the most likely winner on Saturday. Absolutely. Uh, no ifs or buts. No ifs or buts. Partly because I drifted off. But <laughs> The only thing I will say is no filly has won the T-Rose off the Silver Shadow. Yeah, it's interesting. Not many have tried. Yeah. Because interesting, Waller's done this with Fangirl as well. So 28 days between runs, soft trial in between. We, I didn't mention it earlier, but I think the only danger to Fangirl in the Epsom will be a wet track. If she gets a dry track, I think she is as good as home. Just hopefully she gets through Saturday and please, son, come out in the next two weeks because if it does, she'll I'm, be winning. I'm reading about La Nino or I know, El, El Nino or whichever the bad one is. Oh, it's, it's her only danger, wet weather, because she's absolutely thrown in at the weights and, yeah, she just needs to get there, get a dry track. Your best in Melbourne. Oh, uh, sorry, I do have one in the last. I got two. Please give the punters what they want. So each way in the last, I am lethal. We will be on weather watch with him. If it's a wet track, don't back it. But I'm hoping if it's a wet track, they're going to scratch anyway. But he's similar to Stray. They really pitched him up. So he won with a leg in the air at the Kenzo in a benchmark 78. And then they threw him into the guineas. He was in the market, Gold Coast guineas, that is. And he got safely held. And then he ran in the Arrowfield first up, ran four of four. And then he was pretty good in the Fred Best from the wide draw. Now back to an 88. He's been gelded, two trials, down in the weights. I've marked him favourite. You can get around $9. I thought he was a great each-way play. Who is the early favourite in that race? Uh, Mautai, who they seem to be playing games with a little bit. He's probably one of those, like he's good to a point. And he's among friends there, mm. I would say. Good little race, but I think you've found one that's as um, interesting as any. Yeah. Well, the good thing is we can take the price, and I'm hoping if it's too wet, they're going to scratch him anyway, so... We should get our money back if we do get that wet track. If we don't, I think he'll start favourite. There you go. Down in Melbourne? Best for me. Well, best I threw up was aft cabin, but... Are you surprised he's not odds on in that, given he was odds on in the lead up and this looks easier? 
No. That's my view, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm not really surprised, and I don't think there's any massive edge, but I did think he was a very solid favourite. There's some nice horses in that race, but he's there now. James is up and going, won the two three year old trials last week, including the 1400 with the son of a Stern who's fast improving. He is. He's another fast improving son of a Stern, the Melbourne equivalent of, and I think they're probably think a lot of Golden Mile, but I think Aft Cabin is probably in the same ballpark. So he looked a good favourite to me, but a much more interesting best bet yep. is Sinawan in the Rupert Clark, which is an awesome betting race. Unfortunately, at the moment, the favourite is not in the field. You hate bagging handicappers. Explain to me how the favourite and third pick in the market don't make the field. Uh, I don't want to get on that rant. But <laughs> it's it we it would be racing would benefit from a much more fluid and dynamic handicapping system. That is for sure and certain because he won well enough first up to absolutely be in this field as the market is screaming at you. And I hope he makes it and I'm going to bet against him despite, I mean, I'm a ratings guy. You are? That's a rating source right there. Time figures and such. Everything. Was, yeah, it was really very, very lovely. But he started 7-2, to two, two starts back in an awe at this course and distance. And that awe produced, let me rattle them off for you, the winners of the Coolmore, the All Age, the Futurity, the Maccabi Diva, the Blamey and the Ajax next time out. He started 7-2 to two there. He probably shouldn't have. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty, But it's interesting how, in what sort of regard he was held very quickly, and that largely came down to his absolute thrashing of I Am Superman over the Caulfield 1400, same course and distance again, which I think is about as good as any of the form on offer here. And, yeah, okay, so he hasn't done it in three starts since, but there's still been – it hasn't been a disaster. And now he's a big price. So he's a pretty lively little horse there, I think, Cinnamon, because there's a – what do you say, there's markets are, you know – they're dynamic. They can be a lot of things. The opposite of a, a good idea is another good idea. Like if there is a world where he's favourite here. I mean, it's a pretty rare world actually where he's favourite coming off a. There's a multiverse somewhere. Yeah, there's a there's a place for him as as that horse. If we just change the order of things a little bit, like if he turned up here, admittedly he doesn't. But if he did turn up here off that Heffernan win, that form he had an even better rating in Ireland. So we know that that ability's there. He's had a couple of down runs, but. Um, you're getting rewarded for it at the, at the prices, and I think he's a, a gamble worth taking in a race with several of them. In fact, another one I gave a good look to, and I'll uh, I'll ask you because you are the Western expert in these parts, is Graceful Girl draws barrier one. Ugh. Jamie, Ka- well, I love this. So you you you're down on barrier one because mm. she's a that's a beautiful roughies gate there. Sit, stalk, wait for the split, bang, there she is, and her winter bottom win is. Bang there. Mm. Big prices. I mean, maybe you, you'd curl your toes up at barrier one with one that's going to sit off the speed if she's, you know, 280. But she's not. No. For the price she is and for where she is in the market, that's a great draw for me. No opinion on Graceful Girl. Winter bottom winner. Back up. Danny O's cop stick all week. Stick it straight back up him. Well, it's obviously been the plan. They've booked Jamie a fair way out on const- I would imagine. Well, they haven't booked her well enough because if the favourite gets in, she's riding it. <laughs> but yes, she's a good booking. Not a bad fallback for Jamie, if that is the case. She was much better, obviously, down the straight. She did nothing first up at Caulfield. Surprisingly, she hasn't really been seen over 1,400 much at all. She only once in Perth when she beat Billy Ain't Silly, which was a good win. She On the seven-day backup and she improved lengths. Mm. Interesting. It feels like you've really had a good look at this. I've had a long look at Graceful Girl and 
I won't be losing if she wins. Yeah. Really nice mare. I hate inside draws for back markers, but if Jamie does ride it because the favourite's not there, you're see right. what I'm saying. Rocks I can see what you're right. saying. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter if you, if she gets held up and you lose. Well, there's a million ways to lose. May as well be that one. Mm. But there's a but from the inside draw, what she does get is a way to win. Yeah, and a way to actually win. No, I don't want to looping and running a nice third. You get nothing for that. Got to win. Yeah, that's why Barrier One's gorgeous. If she begins well, she can settle midfield. That's exactly. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, which is such a big advantage as opposed to where she usually settles in her races. Now we're talking. Did I say I made Sinua my best? I think it was Graceful Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about Tuvalu and Ayrton because they head the market essentially with I wish, I wish. I don't think it's going to get a run. Two scratchings in a group one is unlikely. So Tuvalu gets the massive boost of being a winter championship final winner. And as you know, with me, that's four or five rolls of the board. An absolute champion of the turf, but... He's no way he's single figures in this. Not a chance in hell. Yep. And Asar's too consistent. Not Asar, sorry. Asar <laughs> might be the least consistent. <laughs> well, might be the least consistent horse going. But Ayrton, on the other hand. Mm. So he had the excuses when he flopped in the Hollandale. Yep. Ground pulled up. Did he pull up lame? I think he pulled up lame from memory. It was raining. Complete wipeout. Okay, so we forgive him that. Other than that, these are the ratings that he's run since coming from basically a Bendigo Maiden. 109, 110, 108, 109, 110, 107, 110, miss, 109. He's not any better than that. I'm starting to think if you keep doing it, that's just how good you are. And I'm sitting here going, well, Graceful Girl's got a peak better than that. Sinawan's got a peak better than that. And they're not alone. Several others have a peak better than that. He got there in a hurry. But I, you know what? I think he's too well drained. Their, their horses are... I mean, we are talking before about Anthony Cummings and controlled chaos. There's no chaos with Mick Price. They're just rock solid. They run really well every time they go to the races, and that means they're, you know, a horse like him is, is very quickly well-schooled street-wise, and he was very good straight away, and he's still that good, which is great, but it's um, vulnerable enough for me to ignore him at the top of the betting, if he is, after Moody's gets shafted. We. Uh, before we go, the other one I will ask you about is Halal, who draws barrier 20, which everyone's going to despise. But he's two lengths away from Animo in the Winks. I know. And Fangirl. He's got close to Animo That's twice. better than anything Ayrton's done, isn't it? Mm. Form-wise. Yeah. Um, and there he is, second to Animo and closing him down in a Hobartville over 1,400. The only thing that really pushes me out of liking him a bit more is um, he drew two double-figure gates last season and... They overplayed it and conceded all of his chance from both of them. Yeah, he's no chance. They'll go right back in. They just can't do it at this level. You can't go back to last and round him up. You have to be so much better than him, and he's not. Yeah. In my article for the thing, I published the impact or lack thereof of barriers. Yeah. They have no impact, but <laughs> you make the point that barriers don't kill chances. Trainers kill chances. And they and their response to a bad barrier is the issue, not the barrier. Yeah. They're running around town dropping lines like barriers win races and, you know. Tactics, boys. Yeah. It's tactics. Barriers dic- often dictate where horses settle in their races. Settling positions are more predictive than barriers. Yeah. And, I mean, from them, it's they've been under underperforming as well. I mean, we're into Danny O'Brien. Team Orcs are doing it as well. Ice cold, baby. Mm. They were a bit better last week. I'm still waiting for it to turn. Mask Crusader and Halal go this week. They're firing their big guns, mm. but... Shooting blanks mm. a little bit anyway. Not far off. They not haven't far been far off. off. But and still, not think, good enough though if you want to win. I think they've forgotten how to train. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the interesting thing with Ayrton is you can sit down and you can almost, it's almost like you're in the office of Mick Price. You're like, well, he's unbeaten first up. 
He's unbeaten at the course and distance. Let's just go the Rupert Clark first up. Yep. Yeah, no, the the plan is very easy to read. Yep. And it's a good one and he'll run really well. But again, like we we're talking about with Graceful Girl, I'm not you get nothing for running for having low variance. Yeah, sure, he'll run third, fourth, absolutely. But I'd I'd rather run fifteenth trying to run first because you need to win to get paid. Yep. Anything else on the card that rounds us up? No. We'll be back with the review show on Monday. Go the Raiders.